Hi there, and welcome to Radio Free Bay Ridge. I'm Dan, and I'm joined in the studio with... Brian Hedden. You know, all of the episodes we've done, we've subway numbers and ridership and street safety and Vision Zero. We really haven't done the thing that you're most passionate about, which is cycling, right? I love all things equally, but <laughs> yes, I like cycling more than the rest. Because you're the founder of Bike South Brooklyn. I'm a member. I joined up because of you. And it's pretty much the only local cycling group as far as I'm aware, right? I'd say certainly the only advocacy group locally. I don't want to take anything away from local race clubs or anything like that. But there in terms of advocacy, it's the game in town right now. The reason that we're bringing this up now is because... For the last month and a half, it's been crazy. I've been seeing nothing but cycling news as far as transportation is concerned in terms of Bay Ridge and South Brooklyn in particular. Right. I mean, for one thing, I think you've seen the fruition of about a year's worth of organizing work on the part of that group. And yeah. it's really resulted in a few different things coming to a head all at once. I've heard that there's going to be new bike lanes in the neighborhood. There's going to be a protected lane, I heard. Correct me if I'm wrong, we really haven't had improvements in cycling infrastructure in Bay Ridge for a long time, right? Uh, since uh, 2015 was the last expansion, and that wasn't really that significant or impactful of an expansion. What's on the table right now would be a much more significant expansion than what we've seen in a long, long time. So let's go right into what's on the table. So what is the expansion and where are they going and what does it look like? There's actually a couple of different things that are in play right now. One has been presented as part of a school safety package and has already been reviewed by the community board and they've already given their vote of approval on it. So this is the protected bike path that would be on 7th Avenue. Okay, so that's like right before you hit the highway, if you were going over the bridges, Diker Heights, I guess where all the kids have to cross over to go to schools. The kids crossing that street to get to the schools is why the school safety team was taking a look at it as opposed to the other units in the DOT. Mm -hmm. And yeah, they're planning on taking it down from three lanes to two travel lanes, and they would put in a protected bike path for... It's about half a mile. I think it runs from 68th Street to 75th Street to Bay Ridge Park. All right. The area where there are mostly schools. So it's not going all the way down to 86. It's just for a chunk of that 7th Avenue, there's going to be... And how is the bike lane going to be protected? It would be concrete barriers. What's the time frame for that? That should be going in over the course of the summer. Really? Uh, I think the expectation is that it would be in place in time for the next school year. So it doesn't require any like major construction. They're not like bumping out sidewalks or anything like that. They're just putting those barriers in and putting paint down. The kinds of projects that the DOT will propose, not just for bike infrastructure, but for anything, they really fall into two different categories. One would be the stuff that they can do themselves with relatively minimal construction. Mm -hmm. So paint, certain types of road surfaces, if there are jersey barriers that they can put in place, things that the DOT can get relatively quickly. Yeah. The other type of thing that they'll propose will involve much more digging, pouring of concrete. Those types of projects are usually sent out to the Oh yeah, the um, Department of Design and Construction, the DDC. Yes. And those types of projects can take a very long time. They're basically the city government's equivalent of the MTA, mm. and they will put years into their schedule, 
And then they fail to meet those deadlines anyway. For that 7th Avenue safety project, they're going to add some painted sidewalk additions. They're going to change some of the pedestrian intervals so kids get to cross a lot faster. That's the 7th Avenue protected lane. That's the only protected lane that's coming up anytime soon, right? That's, that's right, yeah. And so what's the next thing that's happening? The other proposal that the DOT is looking at is an overall expansion of the broader bike network in Bay Ridge and Diker Heights. They're planning to add two new north-south corridors and three new east-west corridors. Hmm. It all adds up to a total of 10 lanes over 14 bike lane miles. And that's a pretty significant expansion of what's already there. So just to go back a little bit and talk about what is there currently, you really don't have much of a functioning network in Diker Heights at all. You really only have the southern end of 7th Avenue where you've got dedicated lanes that run alongside of a golf course. And then it doesn't connect to anything after that pretty much, right? It just goes around the Diker Heights golf course. It doesn't connect to anything. Although I will say that if you're coming uphill on 7th Avenue from, say, uh, the Diker Beach Park, that does provide one of the few helpful ways of getting your bike uphill. Even though it doesn't connect to anything, there is some value that's added just it keeps by you out of traffic while you're trying to pedal desperately up a steep slope. Exactly, right. That's one part of the existing network. You also have a north-south corridor that's right along the neighborhood's edge, the southbound Shore Road and the northbound Colonial Road. Mm-hmm. That works all right if you're already on the western edge of the neighborhood and you're planning to stay there. Yeah. There's... The problem that it doesn't really connect to the shopping core, for instance, on 3rd Avenue or 5th Avenue, and it certainly doesn't really help anyone who's trying to move east-west. Yeah, and the only other north-south route on the eastern edge of Bay Ridge is the 6th Avenue route, and that's the two-way route, and it runs kind of along Fort Hamilton Parkway from Marine Avenue north until it merges into 6th Avenue, and then that all runs all the way up to Leaf Erickson Park. And those are Sharrows most of the way, so not dedicated. And cars can speed up quite a bit there because there aren't as many traffic lights. But what's important to remember about that one is it's the only north-south route that isn't on the low ground down by the water. So it's the only north-south route that often doesn't have a requirement to go up a grueling hill climb for the average rider. Which pretty much brings us to the east-west lanes, right? So the existing east-west lanes are on 68th Street going west, going downhill, Mm -hmm. and on 72nd Street going east, going uphill. And I'm just going to say that as east-west corridors go, they're not particularly useful. Even for 72nd Street, as a way to get uphill, it also has some limited utility, primarily because 72nd Street is a fairly narrow street. And the way that you fit a bike lane on there without taking any parking away is to have that bike lane hug the door zone. Yeah. It's putting the cyclists right within the area where a person in a parked car could open up the door and knock them off their bike or cause them to swerve into possibly uh, traffic coming up behind them. Yeah. And I I remember like uh, an article maybe a year or so ago that was just like that 72nd Street lane was the most blocked according to 311 complaints in the city, if I'm not mistaken. I can attest that's true. So that's what the existing quote-unquote bike network looks like, which kind of runs around the edge of Bay Ridge and not through it. So what does the new proposed network look like? So 
it's set up as dedicated lanes. There's no other protected lanes besides the one on 7th Avenue. So a dedicated lane is basically the paint. There's no barriers. It's not like in Manhattan, they put them behind parked cars. So you're like next to the sidewalk and then parked cars and then traffic. This is all in traffic. Right. And I don't want to take away from what they do. Any sort of lane segregation does help. Any sort of paint does help. Otherwise, they wouldn't use paint on streets at all. You would just have a piece of asphalt and everyone is left to figure it out for themselves. Yeah. So having the lanes marked does provide for some organization that helps with traffic flow and with safety. Yeah, and it reminds cyclists the correct direction to go, the safest side to be on, because there are safer sides, I guess. Isn't like the driver's side? I forget what the study said. So I would say that being on the driver's side is better because that's where the driver is most able to see where the edge of their car is relative to your bike. Yeah. And when you see a bike lane on these one-lane streets, you typically see them on the left side, probably for that Mm. reason. And this is important because according to state law, when there isn't a bike lane on a street, a cyclist is supposed to ride as far to the right as is reasonable and prudent. Okay, that's kind of counterintuitive because what you're saying is the DOT and cyclists like adding lanes on the left for one-way streets, but without a lane, state law supersedes and says go right, which would pretty much be more dangerous. And when you have the thing where on two-way streets, they put them on the right anyway, that's one reason among many why protected lanes on major thoroughfares are so coveted. That's where I'd say that out of the proposal, there are some lanes that are in better situations than others. So just look at the east-west corridors, for instance. Mm -hmm. East-west corridors are 64th Street and 66th Street, making up one corridor. So it would be 64th going eastbound towards Mm. Bensonhurst and 66th Street going westbound towards Bay Ridge. It doesn't actually go all the way into Bay Ridge. This is just a... A Dyker Heights segment. Okay, cool. Because they don't really have anything. The idea is that once it crosses the highway, it's supposed to connect in with the Leaf Erickson Greenway that's already there. Yeah. There are issues with the Leaf Erickson Greenway by itself, but it's part of the existing network and it can be improved upon. They said they were going to improve some of the crossovers on some of the streets for the Leaf Erickson Greenway. So that's going to be part of this. Another corridor is Bay Ridge Parkway. 14th Avenue all the way down to the water. Wow. So I think the important thing with Bay Ridge Parkway is to know that it's going to be dedicated lanes for most of the way from 14th Avenue to 4th Avenue. This is where the street is at its widest. It's 50 feet wide. You've got plenty of room to accommodate park cars on the side, travel lanes in the middle, while not completely hugging the door zone along the way. Yeah, because they have more than enough room. Like for most of that stretch, there's a huge median in the center of the street that isn't supposed to be used. That's just for cars to kind of weave around if anyone's double parked. But a bike lane isn't going to much change that. And that's going to be on both sides of the street, like one going... One going east, one going west. That's right. right. But it's not for all of it. It stops at 4th. Dedicated lanes stop at 4th Avenue. It goes into what the DOT calls Sharrows past Mm -hmm. 4th Avenue. So those are just the markings. The lane isn't defined. Yeah. They're the bike symbol with the arrows on the street. They have the same legal effect as a street. So it doesn't really change any of the legal status or the organization of the road. Why are they changing that to Sharrows? Bay Ridge Parkway is narrower. Okay. Once you cross 4th Avenue, it goes downhill. It's easier for cyclists to keep up speed 
close to what vehicles would be going as you're moving from Forth towards the water. Okay. So there's actually a stretch on Bay Ridge Parkway between Colonial and Ridge that's the steepest part of that route where the DOT is doing a little bit of a trick so they can have a dedicated lane on the uphill part okay. while having the Sharrows on the downhill part. Okay, so like one side of the street is Sharrows, the other side is dedicated painted lane. That's kind of like... How we just mentioned for Diker Heights, they have a lane that doesn't connect to anything, but it's because you kind of need the protection when you're desperately trying to pedal up a steep hill. You're going very slow. Cars need to know that they should be going around you. The DOT is only planning to do this on the one block that's the steepest. My personal take on that would be they should be doing that for the entire stretch of that slope. Just because an incline isn't so steep that a serious cyclist can go up that incline without any problem. You're still looking at casual cyclists that are going to struggle a little bit with Mm. a gentler incline. And it would be nice if they had that little trick where there's a dedicated lane on the For anything, because yeah, I know I kind of get winded when I'm trying to go up just minor slopes in Bay Ridge, much less that one. We covered two of the east-wests, right? We covered kind of north and we're kind of going south. We hit Bay Ridge Parkway and what's below that? The other corridor is 84th and 85th Street, with 85th being the eastbound part and 84th being the westbound part. One of the things about 84th and 85th Street is that that mostly spans both Bay Ridge and Diker Heights. Yeah. So it doesn't quite go all the way to the water, but it starts maybe a block or two up from the water. Hmm. And then that goes all the way up to Fort Hamilton Parkway and the expressway. Yeah. Uh, You're able to take a pedestrian bridge over the expressway and then you can pick those streets back up again and then you can take those all the way out to 14th avenue and to bensonhurst and beyond so north south because these are the ones that are kind of controversial right um I or one of these is one of the one of these is <laughs> one of these are i'm not even sure how to phrase that partly because of the fact that each corridor is typically two streets So let's start with Dyker Heights, because this is really the first time they're getting a north-south corridor. Period, yeah. They're getting it on 10th and 11th Avenues, where 10th is the northbound Mm. and 11th is southbound. Now, the thing about these streets is it's not because 10th and 11th are one-way streets. They're both, in fact, two-way streets. But they are a little bit narrower than, say, Bay Ridge Parkway. So the trick that the DOT does is that they have the dedicated bike lane in just one direction. So you're looking Mm. at two lanes of parking, two lanes of vehicle travel, and one dedicated bike lane, as opposed to what they do, for instance, on 6th Avenue now, which is to have the Sharrows going in two directions. Okay. So they're accomplishing that because they have two avenues close proximity. That's right. Relatively residential avenues. Mm. It's a little bit more commercial on... 11th Avenue, the further north you get. Yeah. But I would say that either one of them has relatively decent access to the 13th Avenue shopping corridor. Mm. So the last corridor that we have to talk about would be the one that goes through the heart of Bay Ridge. You've got this on 3rd Avenue and Ridge Boulevard. That's major, especially 3rd Avenue. I've heard a lot of people be like, what the hell? 3rd? Really? So... Let's just start with Ridge because it's simpler. It's going to be southbound the whole way. So the same idea with 10th and 11th Avenues. Okay. You know, a little bit narrower on Ridge. They're just making it southbound the whole way. In a way, it complements what's on Colonial, which is northbound, and mm. Shore, which is also southbound. Okay. And then on 3rd Avenue, it's actually going to be done in a couple of different segments. 
north of 79th Street is going to be a northbound corridor. So just like they're doing in Diker to keep it so that everything's on one side of the road, they're not doing both sides. North of 79th Street, it's going to be on one side. Below 79th Street, where the road is at its widest, they mm. actually are planning on making that a bike lane on both sides because that's where they've got the room for it. Okay, so it does get wide at that point. It does. All right. But aren't there like buses and stuff on 3rd Avenue? Is that something the DOT really took into consideration? So there are buses all over the city. Fair. (laughs) Bay Ridge is not a very special flower in that particular case. It has the B37 on 3rd Avenue, just like other streets with bike lanes also have bus routes. Yeah. This is not unusual. It still works with having bike lanes and bus routes on the same street. It at least creates that indication that there should be separation and bicyclists can deviate out of that if there's someone blocking it. I'm sure people will double park. There isn't double parking at all times on the avenue. One thing that's important to remember is that double parking is taking place now. Once there are bike lanes on 3rd Avenue, it probably will continue to take place. That's not a problem that's going to be solved by the DOT, to be perfectly honest. They can do the best that they can with the streets that they have, but at a certain point, there has to be some degree of enforcement of the parking rules, and that's not Mm. going to come from the DOT. I don't think it's really fair to anyone to hold back any sort of safety changes to the street just because the NYPD isn't doing their job. Because people are still using 3rd Avenue. That's That's the thing. That's something important for everyone to remember is that there are already cyclists on 3rd Avenue. I mean, you look at those bike racks and they're filled because 3rd was always the restaurant row for me. There's where all the coffee places are. That's where a lot of the restaurants are. And that's where a lot of the delivery people are coming and going from. All the seamless stuff that's being ordered all times of the day, that's their hub. You're never going to deter them from using third in addition to people who are biking for commutes or recreationally. The other thing about Third Avenue is that because it is one of the widest streets in Bay Ridge, cyclists are already intuitively aware of the fact that this is a place where there's room for them to travel without having to hug the door zone all the time. Mm -hmm. The only other options they have north-south on top of the ridge really is like 3rd, 4th, and 5th. And 4th and 5th, they're doable, but they're not as easy as 3rd. All right, so that is the major bike network expansion. That is a ton of lanes all at once that the DOT is coming out. And they're saying this can also be done this year, right? This is just paint. That's what they're looking to do. They want to do it this summer. Okay, Um. so I guess my bigger question is, do you think that this brings us up to where we need to be? Does this put Bay Ridge where we should be, or does this move it past where some of the city already is? Oh, it definitely isn't moving Bay Ridge and Diker past where a lot of the city is. That's certainly not the case. On a 10-point scale, this is moving CB10 up from a 2 up to a 5. So it's really bringing Bay Ridge and Diker up to where they should have been 10 years ago, and we're finally getting caught up to 2010. At the same time, most of the rest of the stuff around us, you know... The network in Southern Brooklyn is essentially non-existent. Other community boards in South Brooklyn, we had nothing feeding into them. A lot of stuff kind of ended in our neighborhood. And you aren't going to get Bensonhurst and Diker to be like, oh yeah, we need this lane when they can't even link up with Bay Ridge. You can't just create a network in absentia, right? You can create beachheads anywhere you want to, but even more than that, I do feel as though that is a tremendous 
failing on the part of the DOT and how they go about planning their bike network. Mm. It's important to remember that you know, cyclists, they're a minority in the city by quite a bit. You're never going to be able to get a neighborhood where you have half the people in that room are cyclists because you just don't have half the people that are cyclists. Two or three percent of Bay Ridgeites cycle. Even though we're focusing today on cycling, we do understand public transit is where a lot of the city issues have to be solved. But for such a small minority of people, they die an awful lot. Right. You did a little bit of research a few weeks ago. I think mm -hmm. you came up with the fact that there's something like 75 lane miles within Bay Ridge. The mileage that was primarily for cycling was just a very tiny percentage of this. It really drives home the point that it's been a secondary, tertiary concern for the DOT to do this. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that they should go out and plan for cycling as if we were Vancouver or Montreal, where they already have a very sizable percentage of cycling commuters. Obviously, I feel as though that is something that the city government should be working towards. But I've certainly spoken to plenty of people that have indicated that they would like to be cycling or they'd like to bike more, but they don't because they're terrified of the conditions on the road right now. Yeah. So there's a little bit of build it and they will come. It's just not going to come out in Copenhagen numbers by next year. That's not what this is about. This is definitely about making the environment safe for the people that are already out there. The DOT should be planning for all of its road users, including cyclists, whether they're a relatively small minority or not. And they should be planning on a citywide scale accordingly. And that's absolutely not what they're doing right now. They are going neighborhood by neighborhood, community board by community board, and they're checking in with boards that have absolutely no representation of cyclists whatsoever, yeah. are extremely hostile to the existence of bikes and the people who are on them. And they're asking them if it's okay to put in some bike lanes that will make them incrementally safer. And what you've seen in the Southern Brooklyn community boards and also the council members up until very recently mm. is just this extreme hostility to having any sort of provision for that whatsoever. Bensonhurst, Gravesend, Sheepshead Bay has almost nothing whatsoever. I don't want to necessarily blame the community boards when it's the DOT's fault for giving these boards all of this veto power in the first place. Yeah. Community boards are taxed to the point of just getting regular people to show up for things, much less a very small subset. I know CB10, 86th Street, going down to the water was something that they had tried to get done. And they had flyered on 86th Street for the people who lived on 86th. And that's not the people that would be using those lanes. So it's hard for them to reach out to a cycling community that's pretty much spread out across an entire district that takes a lot of effort to bring that small group in to have their voices heard. I mean, that's what you do at Bike South Brooklyn, and it's difficult to get cyclists together to advocate for their own safety. It, it's difficult, and it's bonkers that the DOT, the city government, forces us to do this in the first place. It blows my mind and almost offends me to a certain point that we have to get organized with these traditional activist tactics to just ask the DOT to do what it knows it ought to be doing in the first place. Yeah. But they just put all of the decision-making power into the community boards, 
where there's just a lot of anti-bike emotion and hostility mm-hmm. and they make that the primary concern and they make safety a secondary concern that just isn't right yeah and i think community boards think by putting a bike lane in it's the community board endorsing the safety of something and that if more people die it's their fault but this is one of the things that you, you've been really busy lately because this year south brooklyn has had a huge spike in cycling deaths right Right. There have been a significant spike in cyclist deaths in Southern Brooklyn. There have been 10 in the city overall so far this year, and half of those have come in Southern Brooklyn. Mm. It's been one in Sunset Park, one in Borough Park, Gravesend, yeah, Marine yeah. Park. Every year in America, you see 40,000 people who are killed every year mm-hmm. in traffic violence. Other people in cars, primarily. But it also impacts vulnerable road users like pedestrians and cyclists. In New York City in particular, there's been a strong push towards road safety overall. You'll see people embrace speed cameras. You'll see people embrace road diets in particular situations, physical features of the streets, bump outs, things like that. That has a broader bit of appeal. Again, not everyone feels that way. There are still people out there that really just want to drive as fast as they can, roll through as many stop signs as they want to. But the general mindset towards pedestrian safety has a pretty broad base of support. It's a lot narrower when it gets to biking safety. You see, for instance, some politicians are very strong on road safety overall. They pull back considerably when the subject is bike safety. There gets to be a lot of negative feeling and negative emotion when it comes to bikes specifically. Whether it's other motorists who see bikes on the roads as a nuisance because they're traveling slower. There's a perception that cyclists are either all young hipsters that don't come from New York City or that they're all immigrants that don't come from America at all. And obviously, both of those types of groups are bad and we can't have that. Mm. And the other thing that goes along with that is that a lot of people might be in favor of bike lanes or bike safety in the abstract. Yeah. But as soon as there's something that's concrete, then all of a sudden they find excuses to be against it. Yeah. And the way it usually goes is, well, I'm not against bike lanes. I'm only against, and then, you know. So you had talked a little bit about how Third Avenue has had a bit of controversy in terms of people saying, oh, it's too congested. Oh, there's double parking. Oh, there's valet parking. It's a business district. You can't have bike lanes on a business district. I would look at all of the bike lanes that are in Northern Brooklyn, all the bike lanes that are in Manhattan, and I would beg to differ that bike lanes are bad for business. It really seems just looking at the other places where it exists. Or unsafe. How can you say that putting bike lanes on commercial corridors, which the rest of the city does, but we pretty much alone don't, and we're the ones that have half the cyclist deaths this year. It, 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 It crumbles when you look at both of those statistics side by side. Cyclists want to be able to get to the same kinds of stores that anyone who's driving does. And honestly, a lot of the traffic that is going to the mom and pop's They're coming in by subway, by bus, and by foot. Yeah. So part of the problem that people have with putting bike lanes on business districts and thinking that, you know, oh, this is going to be the end of double parking is twofold. One is that there shouldn't be double parking in the first place. 
The city government really should be managing curbside parking a lot better than it is so that people that are going to be customers of these businesses can occupy legal parking spots on the side of the road much, much better than they are now. Yeah. The problem is that a lot of these spots are basically being squatted in for the entire day. And obviously, the other thing is that businesses need to get deliveries. And again, the city does a poor job of making sure that there are adequate loading zones and loading regulations for people to park commercial trucks. Now, just a quick note about that. Commercial trucks are legally allowed to double park if there's no parking spot available for them within, I forget. It's like a block and a half or less than that. Yeah, they're able to do that and do so legally. Now, in the case of putting down a bike lane, they're not supposed to stop in the bike lane, but they can still stop and park in the vehicle travel lane. And I know that it strikes people as counterintuitive because now the truck is parked further out into the road. But the truth is the people driving those cars were always better suited for being able to get around those obstacles than cyclists are. For a cyclist to do that, it might mean cutting out in front of an SUV. And that's not going to turn out very well. Yeah. The DOT and everyone, when they went and they debuted the big network expansion in Bay Ridge, they repeated over and over and over again, we're coming back. There's more work to do, and this isn't going to be the end of cycling improvements in the neighborhood. So one thing that I do want to touch on, should the car advocates be worried that the DOT says we're coming back? Does that involve just cutting out huge swaths of parking in the neighborhood? If the DOT comes back and they're looking to provide more physically protected spaces for cyclists, they'll be looking at roads that they see as having excess travel lanes. So maybe a four-lane road that they think will be perfectly acceptable as a two-lane road or two lanes plus a left turning bay. That's where the DOT is most likely to, quote-unquote, come back to make additional improvements to the cycling network. Mm -hmm. If they're going to look at parking, I would think that it's going to be on a very small scale and tactical basis. And I would point at the Bay Ridge Parkway overpass as a likely candidate for this. Two blocks from the west side service road to the east corner of McKinley Park, where you've already got two through lanes and the left turn bays, and you've got parking on each side. And that gets bottled up. It does get bottled up. So you don't have the space for the dedicated bike lanes as you do from the rest of that stretch yeah. of Bay Ridge Parkway. So that's where they're turning that into Sharrows. It's really a bad place to switch cyclists over from dedicated lanes to Sharrows. Look back at our other um, street safety episode. There's a lot of points of conflict yeah. on that street. And it's not as bad as other expressway overpasses. I would say that 86 and 92nd are considerably more complicated in terms of Mm. people making high-speed left turns onto the expressway. Because there's a lot of more on-ramps there than there are right at Bay Ridge Parkway. Exactly. But it's a little bit of a hectic place to all of a sudden take cyclist protection away from them. If the DOT is going to come back and revisit that one, it seems to me that taking away parking from one side from two blocks where one of those blocks is a highway overpass Mm -hmm. and the other block is between two sections of park. Who's parking there? That's the thing. Exactly. Who is parking there? Because there's no residences and there's no businesses. 
And you know what? Importantly, on the eastern part of 7th, right by the tennis courts, they added in diagonal parking recently, which boosted the space available. That's something that came up at the community board meetings, and this would probably just even it back out, taking out that parking, while also making space available for the cycling lane, which honestly also probably will give more room for traffic flow as well, especially if they pulled out the parking entirely, both lanes, along the overpass itself, and they added another lane for cars to queue up between the frankly ridiculous number of stoplights in that little section. I counted, it's only 10 spaces per side on that little bridge. Why are people even parking on the bridge? It doesn't happen on Ovington, on 67th, on 79th, all of those overpasses. It happens on one side for the Fort Hamilton overpass, and the only other ones it happens on parking are the ones that kind of suck, 86th and 92nd. Here's what I see. Pull out that bridge parking, kick out all of the trucks that park illegally along 7th. Most of the homes already have driveways, so with a clear bridge, you get six lanes to play with. You turn one of those into a dedicated cycling lane, and right now you have only one direction each way for through traffic and one direction each way for turning. That through traffic gets really busy because it's a lot of people going home to Diker and Bensonhurst from the quick route along 3rd. So what you could do is with those five lanes you have left over, two dedicated lanes in each direction going straight through and a middle bay for turning. And that would let traffic flow more smoothly through the intersection. Cyclists would be safer and... All of this would be because of a bike lane intervention, of all things. So, <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that get excited when I start designing. What are the other possible parking interventions that you foresee as improvements on this network? The other two spots would be Bay Ridge Parkway on the slope between 4th Avenue and Shore. I doubt that there's really any sort of solution there that would look at parking anyway. So that's yeah. that, that's really not a concern. 66th Street along the one section of Leaf Erickson Park that's mm. on the eastern side of the yeah. expressway. They've got angled parking there. And as a result, there's not quite enough width on the roadway to also accommodate a dedicated bike lane. Okay. They could accommodate the dedicated bike lane by changing the angled parking to parallel parking. It is on a stretch of 66th Street that goes uphill. Yeah. It's not as steep as the incline from Colonial to Ridge, but it doesn't really bother me that much from a cycling standpoint. Mm -hmm. The main part that bothers me is along Bay Ridge Parkway over the expressway and by yeah. Midway Park. Should we be pissed at this Network expansion? Should it have gone further? Or do you think it's don't look a gift horse in the mouth? I think it's gone about as far as it could. Maybe again, if they'd taken another look at Bay Ridge Parkway on those two blocks. Mm -hmm. What I'd like to see in the out years would be one, to continue to look at Bay Ridge and Diker Heights and the connection from those neighborhoods to, say, Sunset Park. Mm -hmm. And also to take what they plan on doing in Bay Ridge and leveraging that across the rest of the southern half of Brooklyn. Yeah. So instead of just having the one community board, the two neighborhoods that have a halfway decent bike network, to take that and apply that to Bensonhurst, to Gravesend, to 
Coney Island, to Sheepshead Bay, to Marine Park, so that all of the neighborhoods here can have a halfway decent bike network. And then we can continue to improve upon that as the years go forward. Yeah. I really feel as though that now is the moment for the DOT to change its course. They see what's happened to Southern Brooklyn as the result of their years of neglect here. Also, I feel as though that the DOT commissioner for the first time in five years now is working without a boss because he's busy campaigning in Iowa. It's on her. It's on Polly Trottenbrook now. Yeah. Because she runs the city's roads. Bill de Blasio is, is not there. He's an absentee mayor at this point. It's Polly Trottenberg's show on the streets. And if she's not able to change course to get these safety improvements in Southern Brooklyn neighborhoods and all over the city, it's because she doesn't want to. That's the end of the yeah. story. So I think it's important as Community Board 10 is reviewing this over the course of June to resist the urge to take the plan that is existing and make it an a la carte. Because uh, that happened in the past. It, it happened in the past. And I feel as though that when you're looking at a plan that says, hey, here's 10 lanes that we want to put in. There might be an impulse that if there's some sort of opposition to one lane or two lanes to say, well, this plan will work with these eight lanes and it'll be mm. fine. The places that are most likely to get resistance, they're the ones that make this plan work. Third Avenue, Bay Ridge Parkway. Bay Ridge Parkway has come up in the past and has always faced resistance. Uh, same with Third Avenue. That's come up in the past as well. You know, we talked about some of the uh, reasons that people might object to it. Yeah, uh, They're not valid reasons, to be honest, but they're reasons that are almost certain to come up. I think everyone listening really has to understand for this network, the reason that this whole thing started was last year, 85th and 84th came up and it was shot down by the community board in Bensonhurst. So they came back to community board 10 and said, what about 92nd Street? And community board was like, no, this doesn't work. We want it to kind of go back to 84th, 85th. But the other community board didn't want it there. And there was a back and forth. And finally, you know, a couple of community board members said, we can't be continually just be like playing phone with safety improvements that, that it's delaying things for years. And a lot of the debate in these community boards was over, well, we don't know how this 92nd Street lane would tie into the rest of the neighborhood because there was never a holistic plan. DOT was like, oh, you mean like a workshop? And to its major credit, Community Board 10 wanted a cyclist-led workshop, and they held one in January, right? And this big network thing that they're proposing now was the result of that. And if the community board then goes and says, well, we need to whittle down some of these individual elements, that goes against the reason they wanted it in the first place. They wanted it in the first place because they wanted a connected network so that the next time DOT comes in, they're not getting what they've got in the last decade, which is these individualized things that have no comprehension of where they're going to connect to. If they shoot down individual parts, it, they just forgot the last year and a half of what they've been trying to do. Which could certainly happen anyway. And remember, CB10 is going to have their public hearing on the proposed network mm. on Thursday, June 6th. So I know it's been rescheduled once, but this is the correct confirmed date. All Thursday, right. June 6th at 6.30 p.m. at St. Anselm's at 365 
83rd Street. All right, so that's where we all go in order to provide feedback on that big bite network thing. Not 7th Avenue, 7th Avenue, that protected lane, that ship theoretically is already sailed. Theoretically, but yes. We have no idea if it's 100% gonna happen, but there's no vote up or down on that to community board that anyone can show up to. That's already been done. All right, so this is the one for the big network. Let's try to just get this as a holistic whole. If there are things that need to be adjusted, they can be adjusted later, but make things happen. It might not be the best. Like the DOT said, this is the start. This is the start of something, and we need to start it before we can make it better. Let's go to one more meeting, folks. (laughs) All right, Brian, and thank you so much for coming out today. Well, thank you. All right, and until next time, everyone... Stay free, Bay Ridge.